Hi, and welcome to episode 24 of No Crying in Baseball. My name is Patty, and I'm so excited because today we had our very first interview. We're bringing you a special guest, and here's my friend Patty Mouth to tell you a little bit about that. So our special guest today is Mako Oliveras, an incredibly influential person in Puerto Rican baseball and with a bit of a history here in MLB. And you'll be hearing from him later. And right now, we're going to be giving you our last spring training episode. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We've got baseball next week. Real, real live baseball. It's been a whole week since last we spoke. So you know there have been a million, a couple, a thousand, uh, how many deals? Deals. And we're still talking about deals. We're almost done with spring training. And we've been holding over these names week after week. Last week, we finally dealt with Jake Arrieta getting signed to the Phillies. And now the other name that we've been batting around, so to speak. Look at you go with the puns. That was so mistake. But we did it. Uh, Alex Cobb signed four years with the Orioles, our local team. Welcome to Birdland, Alex. The Orioles don't generally sign for pitchers for that long, and I think especially looking at what's been happening with some of these later deals, the multi-year thing, but he got a four-year deal. I'm not quite sure why. He must not be 30. That must be it. I've got to look that up. I thought he was. Well, that's to be determined. How old is Alex Cobb? The Orioles are definitely working on their rotation this year, though, because they got already Andrew Kashner and they re-signed Tillman. And so now, who knows? Maybe I should have picked Orioles for my pitching. Oh, no, that just sounds bad. I will say one of our players, one of our fantasy boyfriend baseball league players, did pick a bunch of Orioles pitchers, and that was before Alex Cobb was signed. So I'm wondering if we can do a little wheeling and dealing because it'll be a better lineup with Alex Cobb in it. One of my other hometown teams is the Cleveland Indians, born and raised a Cleveland Indians fan. So there is the tale of the Wahoo. And... We mentioned before that my hero, Jim Tomei, said, I am in the Hall of Fame. I do not want Wahoo on my Hall of Fame plaque. I want the Block C on my Hall of of Fame plaque. Can we we call this the woes of the Wahoo? We can. The Wahoo woes. Wahoo woes. Woes is me about the Wahoos, and Wahoo is going to be woesing because the Hall of Fame said not just Tomei, but going forward, any Cleveland Indians-related new Hall of Famers will not have Wahoo appear on their plaque. So the Hall of Fame has cut Wahoo even before the Cleveland Indians have officially lost the Wahoo. So woot woot for the end of the Wahoo woes. Whoopee. We have other woes. We have injury woes. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa for the toe. Whoa for the toe. Whoa for many body parts, uh, especially the wrist. I just keep thinking that Justin Turner is somebody's boyfriend because we've talked about his ginger beard so lovingly. You know, he is married, so he's spoken for. But as far as the Fantasy Baseball League, how weird is that, that no one picked Justin Turner? It's like they knew. Somebody's, well, that's true. I was about to say somebody should scoop him up, but I guess you could wait a little bit because he's sidelined with a broken wrist. That's big. He got big. hit by a pitch, spring training in his wrist. Turns out, though, that he actually kind of crowds the plate. And last year, he led the Dodgers in being hit by pitch. So maybe this is one extra hit that might make him back off a little bit in the future for his stances. Who else you got? There were some other injuries, too, that I don't really want to hear about, but you really need to say them. Yeah, I just want to say I'm trying to keep track of my boyfriends because I want to see who's going to be on the lineup, especially the ones who are my starters. And sadly, Trey Turner, who we've talked about the past couple years, hasn't been able to play a full season because of his injuries, latest injury. 
ingrown toenail. I actually couldn't get past, past that one. I'm, I'm hoping that he, he survives that one and makes it for opening day <laughs> when we're there, especially. And then also, Kano, he and I have this, I have hamstring injuries all the time, too. So I can sort of relate to the problems of the boyfriend. But I'm hoping that he gets it together as well. It turns out that not just physical injuries are happening in spring break, but financial injuries are happening. The Congress just passed and the president just signed the spending bill, the great big giant spending bill, which has a million things in it to make people happy or piss them off, depending on where you where you stand. But the minor league baseball players weirdly get screwed by the spending bill. How much do you think minor league players get paid? I'm guessing 40000 40000 a year would be decent salary. That sounds like low, it's low, kind but... of a living wage, right? Kind of, yeah. They don't get a living wage. This new bill, this the little part of the spending bill that applies to minor league baseball players, exempts them from labor standards. And it says that they can get paid minimum wage, which just got bumped up a little. So they're getting a teeny little bit of a raise for 40 hours a week with no overtime, only during the season. Wow. That means... That what they does can that get, add up to the monthly salary based on forty hours a week at minimum wage was eleven hundred dollars a month. That's crazy. Now with their big raise, it's eleven hundred and sixty dollars a month while they are in season. They all have to get other jobs, right, or be from a family that can afford to support them. How are they going to? How can they play their best when they are not making a living wage? I don't know. But welcome to labor issues. In, in, in Major League Baseball, in Minor League Baseball. And then things get so twisted once you get to the Major Leagues and you have these huge salaries. You'd like to see a little bit of balance somehow. This just seems completely unfair. Some math that was done said if major if, if the Minor League players, only 200 of them, were paid $3,000 a month, it would only cost Major League Baseball $7.2 million. Not $7.2 million more than they're paying now, but total. And look at the size of the, the contracts that we're talking about. That's chump change. And these guys would get a living salary and be able to play their best and play better for the teams who have signed them. Right. I would think it would be an investment for Major League Baseball because you're going to be supporting player development and that'll make everybody happy. Manfred said last year when they were talking about this, it's not about the money. It's how would you keep track of what hours they were working? If they go to the gym, does that count? If they're traveling, does that count? Really, you can find a way to make that work. Right. You can end up with a salary that's not hourly. We have some disturbing shit to talk about, and I don't want to talk about it, but we really have to talk about it. It's just going to make me angry. Look at you using potty mouth language, but it deserves it. It, it deserves totally it. deserves it. So I this, save it so it means more. Right. So this fucking douchebag, I think we can say that. You Ast- can say that. I don't say those words. All right. I can say that he's a douchebag. Astros prospect Danny Vasquez, who was actually released by them last year. This whole thing happened last year, but the video just came out now. Okay. Video of what? Of him beating his girlfriend in a stairwell, right? And In, in the ballpark. And, and the video is pretty disturbing. I honestly didn't want to watch it, but any article that you look up with this with this in it, it sort of pops up. And actually one of the articles I was reading, I could not control it. The video just came up. So dear dear listeners, if you if you do some research, please beware because it is disturbing. I I didn't watch it. I don't want to see it. I I have read enough about what's in it that I can't bear to look at it. 
So he was in the minors, right, in the Astros system when this happened. He was. This was the summer of 2016. And he abused on video his girlfriend. The in video security camera. In security mm-hmm. camera, which was not released at the time, but it was found out. So he was released. At the time, there was a, a lot of cover-up, right? The girlfriend didn't want to press charges. And he said everything. He was actually... A, asshole on twitter with tweeting like everything's okay we're together basically wait fuck wait, you wait all. for one second one for one second what happened was the security people or someone saw on the security footage what had happened and they sent it to the police okay. that's, so that's how, how he, he got that's how he got busted but, but at that point nobody else saw it just right. the police and that security guy right that is correct so he's released right released from the team from the Astros. the team said you're out of here and he's super defensive about it, saying that everything's fine. They stuck together for a couple months. He goes back to Venezuela. Was that right? Right. So the this is longtime girlfriend. They were together since they were kids. She was 14. He was 16 when they first got oh, together. God. She was 19 when this incident happened. And she says now, looking back on it, she wish that she would have pressed charges. But she didn't at the time. She didn't understand she was scared to do it which victims are regularly this is not news victims of domestic abuse are scared to report it and when you're a teenager holy crap i mean this is and you're from another country who knows what could happen and she deep down wanted them to stay together so she did not want to press charges and he used that i mean he used that to to show oh she's not complaining about it look everything's okay oh that's gross right and so he made it through and nobody seems to have been aware of it and he comes back to the country to play baseball is that right and so gets signed or he ends up falling into an independent league team in pennsylvania i believe and then the video just came out so i'm trying to figure out how did the video just came out it, it got leaked from the police to the news let's back up for one second what happened was when his girlfriend did not want to press charges The prosecutor said, I'm not letting this go. He needs to be punished in some way. So they agree to a plea deal. Okay. And he has to go through anger management. He has to do domestic abuse, awareness education. He has to do community service. Which sounds really good. He has to, right. And he has to report in monthly or weekly or something as if you were on probation. Turns out he went back to Venezuela what he did was an online course about domestic abuse. And we know how effective that is. Right. Who who hasn't had to do like a required online course right. where your computer's off to the side and you just keep heading, you know, next, next, next while you're doing something else? And his his community service was writing a five hundred dollar check to a food bank, which apparently is not unusual. A lot of people can sort of Damn. donate their way out of community service, but it doesn't sound like he really did even the plea bargain version of doing the time for the crime. And he was in Venezuela. He was allowed to check in by email. Seriously, by email. He didn't have to even show up. Now he's back. And as you said, this team in Pennsylvania picked him up. Did they not know? I would think that that would be on a record somewhere, that if you're going to sign somebody, you see this team threw him out. Why? It never says if the team was aware of it or not. Right. And or though independent league, is that just another beast that we've seen before? Maybe. A lot of people use it as a as a stepping stone. What's interesting though is that he was with the Astros when it was released, but now the Astros are coming out about it. So did they not know what happened? So just now Verlander tweeted 
lovely. I mean, actually, here's my here's my pitching. Here's why they should stay as my pitching, regardless of their They are totally pitching boyfriends for this very reason. They are such boyfriends. Verlander gives him the middle finger. Man after my own heart. Via Twitter. And via Twitter and says, middle finger you, man. I hope your life without baseball is horrible. But then McCullers comes in with, I think what's the key of this is that he said, the issue here is no one cared as much until a video was leaked. And now everyone is outraged. This is the reality of domestic violence. It's always brutal, always sickening. We must fight for the victims, video or not. He should be in jail. If you need help, find it. People care. Ah, Sparkles comes through. I am so proud of Sparkles for saying that because we don't know if this team that did sign him knew about it and then were surprised by the video. I mean, they fired him immediately, but how could they not have known? And and he's saying Astros knew then. Why was there not a public shaming of him then? Everyone's up in arms. Do people not get how brutal domestic violence is until they see it? You shouldn't have to see it. Trust women, damn it. Well, it kind of seems like it. And I hate to dig up old news, but Chapman, Aroldis Chapman, who served a suspension, couldn't start with the Yankees for many a game because of this. He was not actually uh, prosecuted for his alleged choking of his girlfriend and firing a gun in front of her. He denies part of it, but this man, he helped the Cubs win the World Series. He's still pitching with the Yankees. You know, I don't know. What's what's penance for stuff like this? Right. It's it's the video because there are, are more people in baseball, minor and major leagues, who have been accused of things. But the video is the shocker. So that's when that's where we focus our outrage. You know, we're spending time apparently like the Royals on, ooh, don't watch porn. Don't right. hit your girlfriend. It's easier. Really, don't hit your girlfriend. Right. Just Bottom don't line. Hit. Just don't hit. So Peace. we're ticked. We're ticked. So Patty and Potty Mouth are ticked about this. Don't hit your girlfriends. Don't hit your wives. How hard can that be? Amen, sister. Well, there, there's a little bit more news that I just want to talk about because it relates to boyfriends. And I always like doing a little bit of a boyfriend throwback. And here's a sentence that I just never thought I would say. My husband's boyfriend, uh, Kimbrell. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, a closer for the Red Sox, has a parallel story to my boyfriend, Travis Shaw, that we talked about a while ago in the Brewers, in that he has a daughter who's just four and a half, half months old and has already gone, gone under a couple of open heart surgeries. So she Thanks. has a congenital heart uh, problem. Just It sounds very similar to what we had reported on just a few weeks ago with Travis Shaw. He's in Boston. Uh, Children's Hospital in Boston is amazing, and he's been saying really wonderful things about it. So it looks like things are stable, and she's getting better. And actually, yay, Red Sox. They all wore Lydia Strong warm-up tees. Her, her name's oh, Lydia. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm happy for to their hear that. Well, we wish so. her well. We're pleased to be bringing you right now Mr. Senor Marco Oliveras, who has a 50-year history in baseball as a player, coach, and manager. He's worked with teams in Puerto Rico, where he is from and where he is talking to us from right now, in Mexico and in the MLB, both in the minors and the majors. We're especially excited to talk to him about Alex Cora and Dave Martinez, two up-and-coming Puerto Rican first-year managers. You know Alex Cora with the Red Sox, Dave Martinez with the Nationals, both of them personal relationships with Mr. Oliveras. Welcome to No Crying in Baseball, Senor Oliveras. It's wonderful to have you here. We'd like for you to tell us, what do you want our listeners to know about you? 
Well, I'm a, I'm a Puerto Rican that uh, is being grateful to baseball. I've been playing this game since I was uh, 12 years old. I was lucky enough to uh, my first uh, year as a not professional, but an amateur ball player. At the age of 12, I, I was able to represent uh, Latin America and Puerto Rico in uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, in the Little League World Series. Oh, that's fantastic. That's like, amazing. And then I, I've been in baseball all my life. I start, uh, I signed professionally at, uh, in 19, 1968 with Boston Red Sox. Ooh, that's my team. Yeah, and then uh, I've been in baseball all my life. I, I, I met my wife uh, through baseball. I, I Everything that I have is uh, baseball, through baseball. And, I, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Can Can I ask what position did you play, especially when you were in the Little League World Series? Well, I played. I was a shortstop, and a pitcher, and then uh, when I played professional, I started of a of a third baseman, and then I wind wind up as a second baseman. Fantastic! I love the left side. That's my favorite. I wanted to ask you a little bit about small ball. One of the articles I read about you said that the Puerto Rican baseball fans are so excited about you because you manage small ball. Tell me about that. Is that a different style in, in Puerto Rico? Is that, is that how the game is played? Well, yeah, well, I, I, I call it small baseball when you apply the, the fundamental of baseball. Right now, there's a tendency in the, in the major leagues, they forgot about the little things, bunt, the hit and run, and stuff like that. In the big leagues right now, all they want to do is hit the ball over the fence. That's right, right. And and uh, and I uh, all my all the mentors that I had throughout my career were uh, old-fashioned teachers, old-fashioned managers. They believe in bunting. They believe in uh, pushing the ball. They believe in hitting the ball the other way. And 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 I grew up learning all those traits. It's so much more exciting to watch a game that way. I love watching small ball, and I'm with you. I'll cheer for a home run, but I would much rather watch somebody try to steal the base and advance the runner. We're very excited here about the new managers that we have in Major League Baseball this year for two teams that we love a lot. Both Patty and I are huge Nationals fans, and we're very excited about Dave Martinez coming in for the Nationals. And I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan, third generation, very excited about Alex Cora coming back to the Red Sox. We were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about these two managers and your personal experiences with them. Well, uh... Both of them, they're like, I, I, I feel they're like my family, especially Dave Martinez. When he came to Puerto Rico for the first time, he didn't have a place to stay. And I uh, immediately uh, talked to my mom and uh, told her that she, uh, she was going to have a, a new guest. And I uh, brought him to my mom's house and he stayed here and he ate pasteles, he, he, he ate everything, ate everything. And uh, you know the relationship with Dave was a great one. I I don't get to talk to him a, a lot, but uh, the other day he he uh, wrote an article in the Puerto Rican paper, and the first thing I did was mention my my mother's name and my name, and he was grateful, and that made my day. And I just want wishing the best. You guys have a, a great uh, guy 
And I'm, I know that he's going to be a successful manager with the, the Nationals. Well, we sure hope so. And let us know when you get a hold of him. We'd love to hear it. And actually, I also saw, saw an article where he credited you as being most influential when he was in Puerto Rico. So that's exciting. Fantastic. And if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to take you to a game with us. Let us know when you're up here. Yeah, come, come to the Nationals with us. And what about Cora? Did, how did you work with him? Well, Alex worked... Uh, he played for me with, with the Caguas Criollos, and when I when I managed against uh, Alex, I have to be more worried about Alex than the other manager because Alex was a like a chief in command on the field. He's a very <laughs> smart guy. He's a baseball guy. He's got a great feel for the game, and that's why I say that he's going to be another successful manager in the major leagues. Well, I hope you're right on that one. I'm looking forward to a positive change on the Red Sox. Yeah, he will. He will. We'd love to hear about who your favorite players were to work with. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't have a... I had Bobby Bonilla was the ah. same thing. He, uh, he, when he played Puerto Rico, he didn't have a place to stay. And I immediately talked to my mom and I brought Bobby home, and and Bobby is 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 a family. Bobby, I have more connection with Bobby. I I I, I, I talk to him more often than I talk to Dave. And in a matter of fact, uh, Dave, you know, uh, Bobby Bonilla's son uh, played for for the Santuza Ball Club in the past winter. Brandon Bonilla, a tall six three six four guy, wow, with a good fastball. <laughs> and uh, guess what? He stayed with us in my house. You, it's, it sounds like your mom must have been an amazing cook. Outstanding. She was one of the best. And I, 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 I might sound biased, but she was. She was a, a great cook. And, and a lot of people loved her because uh, the way she did things and the way she cooked. And that's important for making people feel at home. So to feel at home while they're there playing baseball is really important. I, one more sort of homeboy for us, Daniel Murphy, you worked with when you were manage, managing with the Mets minor league team. Well, uh, Danny has always been a great hitter since the uh, when he played for me at Binghamton, the Mets organization, double club. And uh, Danny was a hard-nosed kid. He, 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 he didn't have a, a no for an answer. I remember I remember that he came to my office and he told me, Marco, I want to become a second baseman. I said, why? Because <laughs> the second baseman of the New York Mets is getting old. He's always hurt. And there's nobody else. He, uh, he was a good hitter. His glove was not as, as good as it, it, it is right now. But we kept, you know, I, I talked to my, my boss, uh, Tony Bernazar, and he gave me the okay to work with him in second base because I, I was a, I was a former infielder and, and that's a position that I played. Uh, we used to go there every single day to get better, turning the double plays, working his back backhand, uh, moving his feet, and I tell you, he became a major league second baseman. And in that's the, the attitude system, to have. A great attitude. Yeah. He knew what he was searching for. And he went there, worked every day hard. He worked his butt off, and he made it to the big leagues. And 
and he has become a, a, a very solid second baseman with power. Yeah, I mean, he's one of our heroes on the Nationals, so I'm glad that he made it down here from the Mets, that's for sure. And we want to thank you for that, to, to give us such a great second baseman for our home team. Oh, the, the, credit, the credit's got to go to him that he worked very hard. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. We appreciate your time and your sharing all of your wonderful experience with us. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Any Thank last... you for, for letting me the chance to to talk to you, to you people. And and um, all I want to say is uh, please back up the Nationals because of my, I, 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 I feel like he's part of my family and he's going to do great. We will definitely back him up. The we same, will absolutely spread that word. The, the, they say with Alex Cora. And you've got me on both. Those are my two teams. So we'll be supporting both Cora and Martinez. We can't wait till opening day. You cannot go wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much. You take care. You too. Bye. I can't believe it. We finally got here. Our last week of telling you about boyfriends. This is our A team, our number one team, our starting, starting lineup, our red team with our color code. Finally, our top line fantasy boyfriend baseball league team is here for your enjoyment. And it's nowhere near the last week of talking about boyfriends because I'm going to keep talking about these guys. But first, must introduce my red team, my number one team. It's incredible. I'm really excited to just say these names. As catcher, I have Yadier Molina. First base, I have Joey Votto from the Reds. Molina, of course, from the Cards. Second place, place, Jose Altuve from the Astros. Shortstop, I have Brandon Crawford of the Giants. Third base, Adrian Beltre of the Rangers. Center field, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies. Left field, Ioannis Cespedes of the Mets. And in right field, I have my first boyfriend of this whole bunch, in my heart, that is, Mookie Betts of the Red Sox, my pookie. For pitching, I have the Astros, which I talked about a few weeks ago in detail. As I was listing this, I thought, oh, this would be an awesome all-star team. And then I thought, wait, this must be an all-star team. So I looked into it, and all of them but one are actually multiple all-stars, like crazy multiple all-stars. So the one is Brandon Crawford of uh, the Giants. He's had one all-star appearance. I believe it was last year. Betts, Cespedes, and Blackman all have two. Beltre and Altuve have four each. And then Vado has five. And Molina's been to the All-Stars seven times. So if this isn't an All-Star team, I don't know what is. Uh, I got to say I'm a little bit worried about the pitching because I was listening to the MLB podcast the other day and they were talking about dangers of Astros pitching this year, that it's not looking so good. Uh-oh, what don't we know? I am not sure. They just, I think it's the bullpen that they're more concerned about. So I'm hoping that the starters can hang in there anyway because they're the main ones on my uh, baseball league roster. But we'll see. Just made me a little bit nervous. I'm getting even cockier about my pitchers. All right. Yeah, your pitchers kind of rock, kind of rock. My number one team has players near and dear to my heart, some of which have been boyfriends of mine for a lot longer than we've been talking about boyfriends. The first one is my starting catcher, Wilson Ramos, the Buffalo. I'm so jealous. Yeah, yeah. I love no. Molina, but I'm jealous. Yeah, fell in love with Ramos when he was with the Nationals and still love him even though he's now with the Rays. My first baseman is Freddie Freeman of the Braves. Second base, welcome to the Baltimore Orioles team boyfriend, Jonathan Scope. And my boyfriend, 
oh, my boyfriend of the Cleveland Indians, Mr. Smile himself, my shortstop, Francisco Lindor, and then my longest-time boyfriend on this whole team, Washington Nationals, Anthony Rendon, hot corner, love him to bits. Recipient of engagement present, or wedding present, rather. We're still waiting for We're the thank you notes. We're still waiting, hey, Rendon. Dude, and Turner, right? Yep. Oh, my gosh. My outfielders, Byron Buxton of the Twins, Andrew Benatendi of the Red Sox, and Nick Williams of the Phillies. And then my Nationals pitchers couldn't be more excited to see them knock everybody else out. This yeah. is going to be fantastic. I am so excited, so proud, and a little scared of some of them. I can't believe I get to go to a ballpark on Tuesday for an exhibition game in Nats Park. El Jefe is coming, too. It's going to be big fun holding my breath for actual opening day and i miss the fun because i'm gonna be on vacation in california oh poor baby yeah i'll be back with you for opening opening yeah you will yeah you will so opening day is coming do you want me to give you the countdown please do this is our last countdown oh my god i can't believe this i can't stand it single digit countdown five days 16 hours 47 minutes and a matter of seconds and we'll all be talking about baseball because we never do any other time. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Please listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. Write us a review. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Fly, be free.